Friends, as we come to hear God's word proclaimed, let us pray. Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. Practice makes perfect, or so the saying goes. As a teenager, when I went to basketball camp, the coaches were emphatic to say that practice was important. And the head coach said, practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. And then came the qualifier that you would almost thought would have made him a Calvinist. He said, you are not perfect, though you should do your very best. There's another saying like this that goes, there are no stupid questions. There are no dumb questions. I remember hearing this from teachers again and again until one teacher qualified the classroom proverb. There are no stupid questions, but some questions bring deeper knowledge and greater learning than others. Some questions are basic, some are small talk, some invite harmless back and forth that break the ice. We know these questions about the weather, what we eat, where we are from. They show what's on the the surface. These questions help us understand how we define ourselves by things like career or our family makeup. I have two sisters. Or hobbies. I like to cook. Or even just our food preferences. But there are other questions that help us get to deeper truths about our lives and our faith. Some questions invite conversation about identity and purpose and commitments that that we make with passion and enthusiasm and energy. These are questions that draw out a sense of why people are who they are or why communities are the way they are. Now, today's scripture text introduces a wide variety of disciples. Among them is Nathaniel, who is introduced as one who is curious about the Lord. Maybe he is not yet convinced of who Jesus is, though he is definitely asking some questions. And as Nathaniel walks up to meet Jesus with his friends, Jesus articulates a sense of Nathaniel's character a sense of who he is. And Nathaniel responds with a beautiful question. Where did you get to know me, Jesus? Where did you get to know me? And isn't that a significant question? Where does God come to know us, each of us? And Jesus says to Nathaniel, I saw you. I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. But God knows, Nathaniel. God knows each of us far more deeply than seeing us at a distance. And Nathaniel, 
Nathaniel responds to Jesus with a statement of faith. He says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. And you see, there's something God knows even more about us than this distance. God knows us from when we were made. God knows how we are formed. God shapes us by grace. God knows us and sees us. And in this moment, this exchange between Nathaniel and Jesus, Jesus responds to Nathaniel telling him, as well as the other disciples, that there are far more significant acts of grace and of experience of God than simply being known by sitting under a fig tree. Nathaniel's question is important, though. It's the beginning of a faith in an individual that is connected, that is engaged, that is curious. His faith is prepared to ask questions of his own life and of God's presence in the world around him. You see, Nathaniel models something like a faith-seeking understanding. This phrase, faith-seeking understanding, being the motto of St. Anselm, an ancient theologian, And this phrase, faith-seeking understanding, means something like an active love of God, seeking a deeper knowledge of God, a deeper understanding of God in our lives. You see, asking good questions open us to consider God's presence in our lives and in the life of the world around us. These Questions help us to have a faith that seeks understanding, and these questions are vital, essential to a strong and active faith. Asking faithful questions invite us to come and see a world as God dreams it to be, as God created it to be. And asking such questions, consider how the church is a participant in helping God make such a world, and how we too, by our own faith, are called to join God in making a world restored, a world made whole, a world like the one God dreams it to be, the one God created it to be. You know, there are just not enough places in the world where a message of love and grace are primary. And yet the church is one of these places where at the heart of its identity, ask questions about God, about ourselves, about our lives, about the world around us, that lead us toward a life of love and of forgiveness, of peace, that is found in Christ. Today is Martin Luther King Jr. Sunday, the Sunday right before Martin Luther King Day that our our nation celebrates. It's a Sunday when we remember the ministry of a pastor who led people and a movement in our nation by continually asking questions that challenge commonly held assumptions and biases about race and equality and the idea of what real community means. Now, he was not alone in doing so. 
We remember many others, too. But among the many reasons why we celebrate and remember the legacy of his ministry is because it continues to inspire us to ask the difficult questions that are life-affirming and might shape us toward a more becoming and being a more equitable people. His letter, letter, in his letter from a Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King Jr. asked a range of deep and important questions. When the Christian movement for human rights in Birmingham, Alabama began to, to work on direct action to bring change for civil rights, King said they were asking themselves, are you able to accept blows without retaliating? As in, are you able to turn the other cheek in the most literal of ways? And when King identifies a long struggle of racism that African Americans lived through in the United States, he shares a question that a son asks his father, Daddy, why do white people treat colored people so mean? Why? Later in the letter, King names a truth by the theologian Paul Tillich, who says that sin is separation. And then King asks, is not segregation an existential expression of man's tragic separation, his awful estrangement? And King was labeled an extremist, which in the letter... He responds, too, with a question that is seeking a love supreme. He writes, so the question is not whether we will be extremists, but what kind of extremists we will be. Will we be extremists for hate or for love? Will we be extremists for the preservation of injustice or for the extension of justice? The deepest and most important questions allow us to recognize the ways we are made for grace and human connection that builds up rather than tears down, that, that loves rather than hates, that gives rather than takes. And the answer to the most important questions come not by words alone. The answers are revealed in the way our lives are lived, in the ways that we are, express our faith together as a community seeking to be a beloved community. Faith inhabits such an experience when we ask the kinds of questions that considers God's desire first, before our own desires. Where do we find the hope of our lives meeting God's hope for the world? This is hard work. It requires something of us, and some questions come with risks. Some questions challenge us. 
some questions come to challenge others. And when we worship, we do not click on the live stream, we do not enter our sanctuaries just for ourselves. Each week, entering into a time of worship, a sacred time of worship, we are entering a space whose purpose is to listen for God's dream of the world. We come to worship in order to be shaped by by God's love and grace. We come to seek forgiveness and give forgiveness. We seek longing for reconciliation with God and with one another. And we, in turn, leave the time, the space of our worship to live these out in our lives, in all the places of our lives, with all the people who we meet. And faithful questions can bring us onto the threshold of these kinds of new realities. Engaging these kinds of questions or why Martin Luther King Jr. was important and still is so important for us. He modeled his faith and his willingness to live with hard questions. Yes, like all of us, he was flawed and human and imperfect, and by the grace of God, a meaningful messenger who shared God's love. He looked at diverse and different and conflicted people and desired God's love first. He knew that racial justice would follow a path of Christ's love. Equality will come when people look at one another as Christ looks at us. The way throughout Scripture he turned to look at people like Nathaniel and Philip and Mary and Martha and so many others. There's something powerful about looking at one another first as children of God because we belong to God first. We can see people and know that they are loved because of who they are. And this goes to all race and ethnic identities. It goes to all nationalities. It goes across all political parties and any other category or dividing line that people might create for one another. Nathaniel asked Jesus, how did you come to know me? Nathaniel asking the question reminds us that God knows us, God loves us, and when we follow, we learn to share that knowledge and that love with one another. When Southern African tribes of Zulu peoples gather together. They use a call and response greeting. One person greets another saying, I see you. And the other person responds, I am here. I see you. I am here. It's a litany, a call and response that goes on and on at the beginning of the gathering and throughout. 
We in the church have practices like this. We pass the peace. We say the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. The peace of Christ be with you and also with you. And the church is called to see one another as Christ sees each person first. As beloved. You are God's beloved. You are welcomed by God. And each of us may be hurt or flawed or frustrated or skeptical. And still, we are beloved. Whoever you are, whoever we are, wherever we come from, wherever we go to, but along the way, we need to be prepared to ask Nathaniel's question, God, how did you come to know me? For in asking it, it is a realization that God knew us from the beginning as beloved. And asking the question is the beginning of a journey toward a faith that will change us by that simple and profound knowledge. I want to close with a poem, a poem by Gwendolyn Brooks about Martin Luther King Jr. It's an inspiration to keep asking faithful questions that matter. A man went forth with gifts. He was a prose poem. He was a tragic grace. He was a warm music he tried to heal the vivid volcanoes. His ashes are reading the world. His dream still wishes to anoint in the barricades of faith and of control. His word still burns at the center of the sun, above the thousands and the hundred thousands. The word was justice. It was spoken, so it shall be spoken. It shall be done. Friends, this word is a word of blessed assurance that we are known, that we are loved by God. May our hearts be prepared to such, ask such questions that lead us and one another to such a faith and such an understanding.